I believe that there are thousands of Christians in the United States and across the world that they are aware of the issue of abortion and its impact, and they don't know what to do. Our ministries are now providing a packaged but effective way to say, this is what you can do. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, I do an interview with Josh Kappas with Love Life about the merger of Love Life and Cities for Life and what God is doing through Love Life America. Stay with us. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate you guys who comment and leave us good and positive comments because that's always important because we've had a lot of negative comments as of late. So if you would leave a good review, that would bless my heart. And I'm sure it would bless Josh's heart too. Josh Kappas is here with us today. Vicki is actually on vacation, so I'm sure she's good enjoying that. Yeah, but I wanted to bring Josh Kappas in. He's with Love Life, and, and we'll get into a little bit of what Love Life and Cities for Life is doing together. But I want you to introduce yourself, Josh, and just tell the folks what you're involved with in Love Life. Yeah, as uh, Daniel said, my name is uh, Josh Kappas. I'm the Director of City Development for uh, Love Life, which is basically just a fancy way of saying I oversee our local staff in the four major cities that we're in, which is Charlotte, Greensboro, Raleigh, and Manhattan. Uh, and then uh, also have responsibilities of overseeing our expansion now through Love Life America and uh, just helping to continue to cast vision and uh, look for potential uh, missionaries and partnering churches across the United States. And even beyond that, as uh, we're yeah. seeing uh, the reach of this go even outside of the United States, which is uh, pretty exciting. So yeah. I know we're going to get more into that here in a, in a little bit. Yeah, we will. We'll jump into that pretty quick. And just to let you guys know who are listening, who've been listening for a long time, you may have heard, because a lot of folks that follow Cities for Life, follow us on social media, also follow you guys. And some of you guys have heard about the merger between Cities for Life and Love Life. And that's one of the reasons why I want to have Josh on because he's been an integral part in that merger and just the conversations we've been having and just seeing what the Lord is doing has just, just been awesome. And uh, so let's talk real quick about that merger and just what that means. And and I guess maybe from from my perspective, it's just a natural outflow. It's like the Lord yeah. has really wanted to take, I feel like it's one of the reasons why we started this podcast, to take what we've learned in Charlotte and Cities for Life and the Sidewalk Outreach Ministry and really broadcast it across the nation. And that's one of the reasons why we, we put a lot of energy behind the Sidewalks for Life website, just helping people get equipped and all of that. And then partnering with you guys seemed to be a natural flow of that. But talk real quick from a Love Life perspective, the reason for uh, just praying through and having these conversations about the merger and then ultimately, hey, this is God, let's do it. What, what was the thinking behind that? Yeah, you you know, I mean, look back at our history um, and how, you know, Cities for Life was in existence and the, the, the founders of Cities for Life were influential in um, exposing our founder, uh, Justin, to um, what we call the tragic truth of abortion. Yeah. You know, I mean, Justin, for however many years, is doing business with, a, you know, one of his clients right across the street from the abortion clinic, didn't even know it was there yeah. or what they were doing. Um, and, uh, all of a sudden because of, you know, the Benham brothers, um, uh, 
you know, he's exposed to that. Um, so you guys are already, already running with sidewalk outreach with Cities for Life, and uh, Justin feels convicted to, um, you know, figure out a way to mobilize the church, to, to bring the church out in numbers, um, not in, in a protest, but in a prayerful presence, um, you know, ushering in um, a kind of air support to what you guys are doing. Yeah with being on the ground and actually being the ones who are engaging and calling out, making those connections, getting them on the mobile unit for a free ultrasound to where you can kind of like take a deep breath, yeah, uh, process with, with a mom and a dad and be able to calmly talk through their options and get them connected to, to real help, to real peace and real solutions through Christ and his church. Um, and so, you know, we've kind of like modeled what, a, a real holistic outreach would look like yeah. between our two ministries yeah, here absolutely. in Charlotte. And um, beyond, you know, just a holistic outreach, you know, there really has been modeled to something that I think is unique to the pro-life movement of um, a willingness to um, humble ourselves to one another, um, to uh, trust the Lord for provision and not make it about a name of a ministry or a person or a personality yeah. um, and uh, and say we are far better together. So we've been doing that, you know, without merging ministries. We've been doing that now since, you know, 2016 as, yeah. as we've grown in relationship with one another. And uh, now as we approach the idea of, of expansion and rolling this out across the United States, it only made sense that we would um, really just officially merge and partner together because the best of both worlds where we excel in the area of church engagement, you guys are second to none in sidewalk outreach and the effectiveness that you guys have developed of, you know, I know your ministry's 10 years old, um, but even beyond that, you've been doing sidewalk ministry for 15 plus years, taking all the expertise all that you've learned, all the hard knocks and everything that you've done, and now merging that all together and packaging it for pastors and leaders across the United States to be able to take this and run with it yeah. in their cities. So um, I love, you know, the, I saw the announcement video yesterday, and I love the statement that Justin and David and Jason made that it's not about a name. Yeah. We're, we're not concerned about a name and a branding and you know I mean we value those things they're important in our culture today but at the end of the day like we both you and I and our ministries desire just to see God's people present and and loving our neighbor at yeah. these abortion mission fields I know one of the things I've said and I've said this to pastors even as I'm having conversation about about cities for life and and you know in time past trying to get pastors out there which you guys have been massively successful in mm -hmm. in cities for life for whatever reason, we just couldn't get the traction we wanted with pastors yeah. to get them out there. But as I'm sharing with pastors, one of the things I say that catches them off guard is I say, you know what, parachurch ministries like Cities for Life should not exist. Yeah, We're a necessary, I don't want to say a necessary evil, but we're right. a necessary component to the way the American church is geared. It's like parachurch ministries are the specialists. Right. And I really don't think, I guess in a big picture way, m my heart is that Ministry should flow out of the local church. Yes. That's where it should flow out of. So I don't really think that Cities for Life, Love Life should exist, but I know that we we should too. Right. It's kind of a weird dynamic, right? Yeah. It's it's a necessitated component of church life. And until the church is is mobilized in a way where the church is really taking ownership 
of these mission fields, and we're going to talk about that language a little bit too, this, that these are mission fields, uh, then, then Love Life, Cities for Life, whatever ministry God raises up is going to continue yeah. To, yeah. to do His work. And, you know, what you said about unity, I think people need to understand this is, this is really important because there may be some people wondering, like, well, why would you guys merge together? Why don't you just do this thing together? Really, all it is is just to minimize confusion for mm-hmm. people. Because we're, we've been together since the beginning of sure, Love Lives and City sure. Life. We've been walking step and step with one another. Right. And so just to minimize confusion nationally, it's like we've been together, so let's, let's just bring these two things together. Let's do the sidewalk thing. Let's do the church thing. And this is really the heart of God, I believe, across the nation. And like you said, I think we do pretty good with sidewalk outreach. You guys do excellent in church engagement. And those two things are just necessary components to work together. Right. Yeah, and you know, I agree with you. I think one of the dangers of parachurch organizations is that they um, become a replacement for the church or kind of maybe take responsibility off of the church for things that the church should be doing. You and I are both former pastors, still pastors at heart. I mean, you know, the calling is on our lives to shepherd and care for people. Um, But, you know, we're busy, right? You know, pastors are busy, and there's a lot of need out there. And so I do think organizations like ours and many others that kind of develop solutions that maybe a pastor doesn't have the margin to do can serve the church in that way. As long as we're continuing to say, we're not a replacement for the church, we are a tool for the church. We're coming alongside of you, and we want to be a blessing to you and encouragement to you. And that's what we've seen happen. And, you know, again, where there is such synergy in our ministries you know, taking a church that maybe is, you know, a zero to three on the scale of engagement around the issue of abortion and asking them to start doing sidewalk counseling right off the get-go is a big ask because oh, yeah. there's a lot of fear and unknown about what you guys do. A lot of stigma deal, attached to yeah, it, Yeah, stigma so, yeah. as well, right. Um, uh, and so Love Life, I think, is that, that intermediate step yeah. of, hey, just come and pray, come and worship, and exposing God's people to the tragic truth of abortion and then watching what the Holy Spirit does yeah. to move them along to the point where they're so convicted and so burdened that they're, you know, it becomes a, I think it's a good idea to stand outside in 98 degree heat and be berated by yeah. <laughs> some 20 somethings uh, for being out here to yeah. offer life to a family that's considering killing their own child. Well, I know one of the keys, you know, one of the keys for me, and if you guys have listened to this podcast for long enough, you've heard me share my testimony. You've likely even heard Vicki share her testimony, and it probably rings true for you, too. One of the keys, the key things the Lord used to get me involved at the level that I'm involved in is to get me out there on the front lines, 100%. to have me exposed to the issue of abortion where it takes place. Yes. And you guys have been getting them out there to pray in hopes that, hey, I will take it to the next level. I will get involved in a way that I would never imagine that I would be involved in. You know, we have a a guy who's one of our regular volunteers now who um, the Lord kind of set him up. His wife was really burdened with the issue of abortion. She'd come out with her church. She'd prayed with you guys and then really wanted to do something at the next level and got involved with us as a sidewalk counselor. Mm -hmm. And her husband thought she was kind of off her rails, right? I mean, why, why are you being involved? I mean, he knew abortion was bad, but right. you know, it's like you're going to be out there, you're going to be protesting. That's right. the way people view it. Yeah. And um, she started telling him, of course, about what God was doing, but also some of the opposition. He's like, well, I need to go and just stand with my wife, make sure nobody you know, messes with right. my wife. And so he goes in there to stand with his wife to make sure you know she's protected and whatever, just to observe. 
and the Lord gets a hold of his heart right then, right there. Yeah. And now he's out, you know, sometimes two and three days a week. He's driving the mobile ultrasound unit from Monroe wow. over to the abortion center in Charlotte. And the Lord just set him up in that yeah. way. Yeah. And I'm sure the Lord did that for you as well in some, yeah. in some measure. Oh, it is. Um, you know, it's kind of a funny word to say that it's a setup, but that really is what takes place. I mean, you know, what what is the, the fruit of the gospel in people's lives? And you look at Paul's letters, and, and there's two things that he marks in the intros of many of his letters where he he knew the gospel came to a people because of their love for one another and their faith in the Lord. Yeah. And when you go to a place like an abortion clinic and you see all that's happening, you know, from the... Um, whatever you want to call them, pro-choice folks, the escorts, the security guards that, you know, we've seen some vile things. We've seen some hateful things. We've seen some really foolish things. Uh, you know, in Raleigh one time, uh, one of the escorts started playing Another One Bites the Dust yeah. in the parking lot of an abortion clinic and dancing. Yeah. Um, you know, so when you see that, you're stirred. When you see the moms and dads going in, going out, knowing what's taking place, you see the hoodies, you see the head down, you see the burden on them. If you have the Spirit of God and you've been, you know, as Paul talks about Philippians 2, like if you have sharing in like fellowship in the Spirit and the love of God and those sorts of things, like it's just natural that your heart's going to be moved and you want to do something. Yeah. Like you can't show, you can't go there and see those things and just be indifferent. And if yeah. you are, like that's kind of scary. That's not a right. great place yeah. to be in. Um, and that's too where um, Daniel, you know, for years the church has, in, to a degree, has preached about life and, and talked about it from a political standpoint, but we haven't given our people things to do. Yeah. You take 45 minutes to preach on abortion, and then you close your Bible and pray, and there's no call to action, there's nothing to do beyond that. Like, you really kind of inoculate your people to yeah. the tragedy of abortion that really demands well, it just becomes, life change. It becomes just another issue. Right. Like, this is another issue that, that Pastor preaches on. And for us to just make abortion and the issue of abortion just a common issue, it, it does do a disservice to the people. Right. And so to see a, a pastor not just preaching about abortion, because he should be doing that. And the way you guys are doing it, and guys, if you haven't listened to the podcast I did with Justin some months back, please listen to it. And he's, he, he talks about love life and what love life is doing. But to get a pastor to preach on the issue of abortion on a Sunday, and to get him ultimately by the end of that week on that Saturday to mobilize his people mm -hmm. and really shepherd them out to the abortion center is a, is a, I mean, that's a move of God in itself. Yeah. And it's really, though, that exposure out there, the, out at the abortion center to some of the things that you mentioned that really pulls the, the scales off the eyes and lets these pastors and their congregation see this is not just some other issue, but this is the number one moral issue of our day. Yeah. And the way you guys have led pastors along, rather than just asking them to go from zero to a thousand in like mm -hmm. five seconds, a pastor that's never preached on the issue of abortion right. because he's afraid he's going to offend some people in his congregation, to take him from that to addressing the issue of abortion and then to a prayer walk, I mean, you're taking them along little by little, and it's been it's been very effective. Yeah. You know, it, the issue of abortion uh, has been politicized, obviously, um, but 
it, it is so foundational as an, as an evil and a work of the enemy. Satan loves the destruction of the image of God in the earth, because the image of God in the earth is meant for the glory of God. When God yeah. said, um, you know, we're going to make them in my image, they're going to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, we're talking about filling the earth with image bearers, reflections of God. So Satan loves attacking the image of God in humanity. And the pinnacle of that is murder. It's the destruction yeah. of, whether it's in the womb or outside of the womb, it is murder is the ultimate destruction. And it is a declaration that I'm God. Right. If I can take your life, I'm saying I'm God. When yeah. I take my own child's life, I'm saying God does not exist. And if he does exist, it's me. Yeah. I have the authority to give and to take away. Um, and so, you know, it's important. I'll never forget, um, in February of this year, we were in New York City before all this stuff broke out. And I was standing across the street from the largest Planned Parenthood in New York City, the Margaret Sanger Center, and I was standing with a pastor there, and uh, he said to me, he said, Josh, when I was getting ready to preach on abortion, it's the first time I've ever preached on abortion here in New York, and I knew, you know, that I don't, it, it may not be received well. Yeah. And he said, the Lord brought me to a place where I believed my entire ministry hinges on whether or not I can preach on life. And if I can't preach on life, how in the world can I preach on anything else? And uh, that's the kind of work that we've seen the Lord do in pastors' hearts of just helping them see, like, this is not about a D and an R. This is right. not activism. Yeah, This is about the glory of God and the souls of men and women and just the church being the church. And so... When you help a pastor kind of shift in their thinking and not get, you know, forced into a corner that you can't talk about this because it's too political, it's baloney, and uh, you really can talk on it and talk on it well. Yeah, um, I was in a, a meeting with um, several uh, pro-life leaders, and one of them made this passing comment of like, you know, it's important for pastors to talk about abortion, but not preach a whole message on abortion. Nobody wants to go to a church like that. And that comment flew all over me. I, yeah. I just I was sitting next to Justin, and he had to call like calm me down. I'm still new to all this stuff. And, um, you know, but that, that's such a poor way of viewing this. Um, the issues that we have in the church today are because we haven't spoken about it enough of what God says. Um, hundred percent truth, hundred percent grace. We don't have to be railing on people from the pulpit, but there is much life that we're able to give to our people when we do talk about this from a biblical perspective. Yeah. And I know you guys have seen, even at the prayer walks, which is something I guess it should have been, but it wasn't really on my radar as far as people coming to the prayer walks who have abortion in their past and being confronted with what they had done, and obviously in a very gracious way, repenting and getting healing before the Lord, even being exposed to a prayer walk or being exposed to their pastor preaching Mm -hmm. on the issue of abortion. I know you've seen some of that stuff in the churches where you guys have been. Talk a little bit about that, just people getting set free from past abortions and things like that. Yeah, I remember early on, even before we partnered with Love Life, um, there was one young lady in particular that was post-abortive and was passionate about post-abortive healing. Um, and so, you know, that that brought it to the radar, and we would do the typical annual message on life. And I, there would always be like this, like, intrepidation in me that mm-hmm. I don't want to hurt people when I do this. Yeah. You know, I know there's probably more in my congregation than I even know about. Um, and actually, quite the opposite is is true. Um, there's an article that Karenette wrote, and I remember a, um, a lady was quoted in there. She said, I thought that I had committed the unforgivable sin because when my pastor preached on forgiveness, he never mentioned the sin of abortion. 
And I don't think pastors are doing that intentionally. I right. think it's like, you know, kind of how I felt. I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to, you know, it's like bring up this wound. Yeah. Um, but actually the opposite is true, that when we connect the gospel of Jesus Christ specifically to the sin of abortion, call it what it is, we don't have to soften it. We don't help people by softening sin. Right, yeah. Like sin is so egregious, the only solution to the sin problem was the brutal murder of the Son of God and him drinking the full wrath from the Father for our sin yeah. on himself, on on the cross, and being resurrected. So sin is egregious. We we don't need to minimize that because we minimize the value of what Christ has done for us. Yeah. So when we do it well and we do it effectively, we're not angry and, and railing on people, but just saying what the Bible says and then preaching the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ that you're not a second-rate Christian just because you had an abortion. Yeah. You're not disqualified for the rest of your life from all ministry. Like... The Lord wants to use you, and and so what we've seen is, you know, I believe six women, and we have about 150 people, there's been at least six women that I know of that have gone through post-abortion classes um, in our congregation, um, are now sharing their stories, helping other women, so some of that is in a public format, some of that is more just like this, one-on-one, Yeah. Um, but, you know, are vocal about it, they're not hiding, they're not covered up in guilt and shame. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of that started with Love Life, participating in Love Life prayer walks. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so if you're a pastor and you're listening and you're just, you're dabbling with the idea, or maybe you're just, you know, a congregant or whatever, and you're listening and you want to influence your pastor and encourage him, some of what Josh said is really important to share. It, you know, it's just like a doctor that doesn't directly address the issue that his patient is suffering with. If you don't address the disease, there's not going to be healing. There's not going to be a remedy that comes. Right. So pastors need to be sharing about the issue of abortion and even, again, shepherding their people to, to take ownership of this issue and to go out and do something about it where it takes place. Mm-hmm. And that has been a key, I know for me, being exposed to the issue of abortion where it takes place has been a key for so many of our volunteers and so many of the pastors that you you, yeah. you guys are bringing out there. And we're, we're, we're seeing pastors who again, who weren't even talking about the issue of abortion, now bringing their congregation out, now even themselves coming out with their families, even when their congregations aren't adopting weeks, mm-hmm. to go and cover some of the other abortion mm-hmm. centers here in Charlotte, some, yeah. of the, some of the ones that are, I mean, they've got some really vile pro-abortion people right. there, yet and they're confronting this, obviously with the grace of God, yeah. and, and they went, it, was, it took them step by step by step, and the Lord is very gracious to do that with us, mm-hmm. but uh, it wasn't from zero to a thousand. And that's, right. again, that's one of the things that the Lord's really right. used you guys to do is to bring people along. One story that was really powerful for us, um, a friend of mine, she was part of our church, helped us start our church. Um, her first Love Life prayer walk was the first time that she went back to that abortion clinic where oh, she wow. had an abortion 10 years ago. Yeah. And um, like everything in her that morning, like, she she didn't want to go. Yeah, sure. You know, and um, which is you know completely understandable. Um, and she blogged about it um, later that day. She did go, and she took her kids, and and uh, was a powerful experience. You know, yeah. it was like a the picture of redemption of what God does, um, and what's available to people that He takes our brokenness and our mess and our things from our past. And he redeems them, and now you know she leads ministry. She yeah. leads ministry to other um, post-abortive moms, and um, you know it's just what God does. Yeah. So. Yeah. Amen. Well, you guys are currently, or we guys, actually, we guys, yeah. we guys are currently in Charlotte, of course, and then Raleigh, Greensboro, so the Triangle, uh, the Triad, 
and then New York City. Mm-hmm. But listen, we we know God's not just going to stop at four cities. Right. All right. The, the desire of God is that the church across the nation and across the nations yes. rises up. And because Jesus Christ has given us this this prevailing against the gates of hell, mm-hmm. we, we will not mm-hmm. uh, fail in this. We, right. The gates of hell won't prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. We know that the church needs to rise up. And so I know what's on Justin's heart, again, simultaneously on my heart, just like, man, the church needs to rise up. We need to equip Christians to be out there. And God's doing it through what we're calling the Love Life America. Right. So talk a little bit about Love Life America, because it is going basically across America and beyond, and that's the desire. But talk about that, the motivation behind that, uh, some of what that entails, um, and whatever other details you want to share. Yeah, so you know, when I transitioned from pastoring a church to coming on with Love Life, it was to help launch Greensboro and Raleigh. And from that point, I remember early on, we, we have been talking and praying about how do we move this across the nation in a way that it, it can spread quickly, but it doesn't lose the integrity of what it is, and at the same time, it doesn't kill our staff. Yeah. Because um, when you look at what all was involved with launching each one of those four major cities, it's quite an endeavor. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we talk about, you know, we have over 300 partnering churches. Well, the reason we have over 300 partnering churches is because it took a lot of hard work. It yeah. took a lot of relational work. Um, Andre, who is our, our director here in Charlotte, who was, you know, started with Justin from the very beginning, um, you know, that, that's our, he's our grinder. I mean, we, we are at where we are at because of Andre's just relentless work to pursue relationships with pastors and bring them to clinics and move them along. Um, and so we haven't really had clarity about how do we do that? How do we move this across the United States? And ironically, you know, when the pandemic hit and the message of our, you know, from federal government all the way on down to local governments was we're turning our lives upside down to protect the vulnerable among us from this disease because life matters. Yeah. I remember Andrew Cuomo said, no one would ever choose a human life over a single dollar bill. Yeah. Um, you know, so we had all all of a sudden, you know, life is so precious right, yeah. and valuable. And it is. I'm, I'm being a little tongue in cheek. Um, but so, we, so you had this message, but at the same time, local governments and, and, and others are saying abortion is essential. Right. So while we're doing all this stuff to protect the vulnerable, we're intentionally taking the lives of the most vulnerable among us and continuing. And not only was abortion continuing, but it was thriving yeah. because of the fear right. of the pandemic and all of the unknown. And so, you know, early on as, as stay at home orders were coming and things like that, um, just, I just remember Justin very clearly saying, if abortion is essential during a pandemic, during the pandemic, then a Christian witness is also essential at abortion clinics during a pandemic and beyond. Yeah. Um, and so early on, that came at a cost, you know, as you were there and 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 you were threatened with arrest, and and you were, you know, they tried to local governments tried to use the stay at home orders uh, to. Uh, remove the Christian witness from abortion clinics in Greensboro and in Charlotte. Some of our leaders were arrested, um, and all of those things started to happen. But in the middle of all that, the clarity came, let's start asking pastors and Christian leaders across the United States to lead a small group within the stay-at-home orders to go out and pray. It wasn't some, like, government rebellion. Right. It's just saying, like, no, if abortion is essential, a Christian witness is essential, let's go. Let's, yeah. let's show that life really does matter. 
if we're going to change our lives to protect the vulnerable among us from the disease, why are we not also changing our lives and putting our lives on the line and sacrificing to go out and to and to protect the most vulnerable? So that's kind of how it started with, you know, just go out and lead. And what we saw very quickly was we went from covering four clinics to covering around 20 clinics with small groups that were going out and praying. And then they're in a Zoom feed and we're broadcasting that Zoom feed on our Facebook page every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. And uh, so it just kind of took off. And within that, we realized this is the front door to expansion. Yeah, This is exposing people um, not only to love life, but is exposing people to the tragic truth of 600-plus abortion clinics across the United States. Here's 20 of them. You're getting a front-row seat to this from your home where you can watch it. And now uh, using that and leveraging it to say, all right, here's some next steps that you can do. So you can lead a group yourself. So it started helping to recruit other leaders in new cities. Um, And then um, the the kind of the final component, which you and Vicki spoke about, the aspect of sidewalk missionaries and viewing um, the, the abortion clinics as legitimate mission fields, all of that really kind of took shape during this pandemic to say, This is a legitimate mission field. It's worthy of full-time missionaries. And and kind of that model of, like, if I'm, you know, Honduras is on my mind. Uh, we have a, a mission in Honduras. Um, you know, there were missionaries that we work with in Honduras who were kind of the shepherds of that work, the experts on the ground, and we send people to them to work with them and yeah. to develop. Um, that's kind of the same aspect here. We're saying the abortion clinic is the mission field, there should be kind of at least one, preferably two missionaries that are kind of the experts on the ground that are shepherding the work. They're not doing all the work. They're coordinating, they're equipping, they're training, and then churches are sending their people, just like a short-term mission trip. They're sending yeah. their people um, one day a month, one day a week, multiple days a week, whatever it is, but um, working together so that there's a holistic ministry of the church, local churches in their area that are working with their local missionaries to do effective outreach at their local abortion clinic. So that is Love Life America. Um, and uh, amazingly, when we announced this last week, um, unbelievable conversations as people have been reaching out to us and sharing their stories about how God has burdened them and convicted them to bring this to their city. And uh, I, I, one um, couple in particular, they're um, south of Savannah, they used to live here in Charlotte, so they knew about Love Life, yeah. and they had always kind of said, um, you know, man, if if we ever move back to Charlotte, we're going to, you know, get involved with Love Life, and uh, as I was talking to uh, her and her husband last week, she just started weeping. She was like, we, we um, wanted to do something with Love Life if we move back, but now Love Life is coming here, and there's something that we can do here in our city at our abortion clinic. And that's happening from Reno, Nevada. Uh, just got off the phone with someone in, in Visalia, California, um, Atlanta, Miami, Indianapolis. I, I mean, they're just springing up um, all over. And really, all it boils down to, Daniel, and you know this, um, I believe that there are thousands of Christians in the United States and across the world that they are aware of the issue of abortion and its impact, and they don't know what to do. They want to do something, but they don't know what to do. And um, our ministries um, are now providing a packaged but effective way 
to say this is what you can do. Yeah. And um, and so you know we'll have our hands on it to a degree, but we really want to give this over to local churches for them to run with it. Yeah. And uh, and we're starting to see the, the the first fruits of that taking place. As you trained, yeah, um, fourteen sidewalk missionaries. Two week two is it? It's yes, almost been three weeks, weeks ago, ago now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, you know, just hearing the stories from that group alone of what's already happening is you know. They, they they didn't waste the training. Right. Immediately putting they it into a fact, running, yeah. developing their cities, developing a network of life, bringing people together, getting ready to, to go out, or some of them are already going out to their sidewalks. Um, I you know we it's our conviction um, with with you in, included, Daniel. I know you're as convicted as any of us um, that this is going to happen across the United States and even beyond. I mean, Israel. Um, you know, there's there's um, activity in Israel. There's um, things stirring in Australia. Um, someone reached out to us today about Ghana, um, and so it's no coincidence we're seeing the uptick in um, shenanigans from yeah, you know pro-choice people, yeah. yeah, and and those sorts of things because they see now the church is is awakening. The, yeah, the church is rising up. Um, and it really is just a matter of we're providing them some tracks to run on. Yeah. But they're doing it. Yeah. So what are those tracks? So let's say somebody is listening to this and they've been praying about how to get involved and how to get their church involved and, and all of that. What what are the steps? If someone says, Yeah, I'm thinking maybe Love Life America might be that that thing that I needed to get on board with. What what is the process? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is go to lovelife.org slash America. And just check out the landing page there, and um, um, you can see some of our videos that uh, lay some more groundwork. But the three steps to make it simple for you without even having to go to the page is watch, go, and launch. So we're basically saying every Saturday from 9 a.m. to about 10.15, 10.20 Eastern Time, um, we're hosting a live virtual pr- uh, prayer walk on our Facebook page. Uh, it's um, The handle is at Love Life USA on Facebook. Um, and... Uh, Go on there and watch. Watch the prayer walk. Pray with us. Um, it, it, you know, engage in the experience of seeing Christian leaders across the United States giving live updates. This past Saturday, we saw, uh, literally, saw a a a family get in their car, drive out of the abortion parking lot over to the adjacent parking lot where there's a mobile unit there for a free ultrasound, and they chose life. On the live feed, yeah, we do, we're not putting people on blast and showing their faces and stuff like that. But you can see their car, um, and in real time, like people praying and seeing an immediate answer to prayer in the valley of decision. And uh, so, you know, um, watch, watch with us, and invite others, invite leaders in your church. Watch, hey, guys, I heard about this thing, Love Life. Watch the live prayer walk, or right now, you can go on our Facebook page, and they're all recorded. Right, they're yeah. all on there, so you can watch some of the pre-recorded ones as well. So that's the first step, is just watch. And then um, and, you know, connect with us, and we'll equip you to go okay. and lead your own group out to pray um, at your abortion clinic. So a couple of things we just want to make sure of is that you know you're a part of a local church. Again, we're not a replacement for the local church. So you know we want to know that you're a part of a local evangelical church and you're in good standing there and you have at the very least the the blessing of your pastor um, to go. And so we have you know some steps that we can um, walk through with you on that. And we have a training website that we can share with you to get you prepared and equipped to lead a group. We have tools for you to use that make it very turnkey and very simple, but effective. 
um, out there as you go. And then the last step is as these new um, go groups or prayer groups are mm-hmm. starting, um, the last step is, all right, let's start gathering now other churches in the area, share the vision of love life with them. We're looking for partnering churches, what we call houses of refuge. And the idea there is men and women stop running to local abortion clinics and instead are running to churches for real help and real solutions. Um, And then um, along with partnering house of refuge churches, we're looking to identify one to two sidewalk missionaries that can come to our five-day boot camp here in Charlotte and be trained and equipped not only during that five-day camp, um, but you know one of the major reasons we merge with you guys is because of your ability to train and equip and encourage ongoing um, these sidewalk missionaries across the United States to have an effective witness out there. A lot of times um, what we see in sidewalk outreach is kind of like the wild, wild west. Anybody oh, can yeah. show up, and there's all sorts of approaches, and it's very... It's not very well organized, and it's not very unified. Yeah, and I think that's one of the great fruits of our merger and what we're doing is um, is bringing a level of um, I don't know if professionalism that is not the right Maybe word, uniformity? but uniformity. Like, yeah, you know, like a standard of care and uh, and a standard of um, time tested approaches to effective outreach. That's been in place for the last 10 plus years that yeah. you guys have been using and have seen over 5,000 babies saved and their families saved from that decision as well, um, is putting that in place to where there is a unified, effective, tested a Biblical. Biblical. That's, that's, that honestly, I mean, I appreciate you saying that, but that is one of the things that I admire greatly as the time that I've known you is what I've seen in your ministry and your approach out there, sometimes we get a little too pragmatic with these sorts of things and data and and all of that. And and really the foundation is what does the Bible instruct us to do in these situations and, and bring not being afraid to bring that to the abortion clinic and speak. What does God say about the situation? What does God say about your baby? What does God say about you? And not saving that for last. Right. But leading with that, um, yeah. because we believe in the sufficiency of the scriptures and the power of the Holy Spirit to intervene in people's lives. And so, yeah, it's very exciting to me, Daniel, um, the potential of what can take place. As you know, in two of our cities this week, we saw saves for the first time um, in Madison, Wisconsin, and in Fayetteville, uh, folks who have been going out. And they're all different, too. That's oh, the yeah. other thing, too, is, you know, uh, I think the one guy is is like Filipino, and you have young, you know, one gal's 19. Yeah. Uh, you have retired people. You know, it's such a diverse group, but the one thing they all share in common is this isn't a fad. This isn't a neat idea. Like, this is a deeply burdened group of people yeah. that are just saying yes. Yeah. And I think in one sense, you know, when I share with people— and hopefully you guys who listen to this podcast listen to our previous podcast about this being a missionary endeavor. When I share with folks about the fact that this is a mission field, it helps to tear off some of that stigma, which is associated with protesting and making this thing mm-hmm. a political issue, mm-hmm. and really just helping churches, helping individuals to understand this is a mission field, and those who are going out are missionaries. It helps to cut through that stigma, and the light right. comes on for people right. sometimes when yeah. they just can connect with that. I was sharing with actually my pastor 
a couple of weeks ago, just what God is doing. And I was sharing with him, you know, we're really contending for the language that this is a missionary endeavor, that those out there are sidewalk missionaries. And my pastor was like, it's exactly what they are. You're right. right. They're, they're, right. This is a mission field. They're missionaries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so really just, I think, people understanding, people who are listening, understanding that language, understanding what we're talking about, what we're trying to do is basically have these mission fields that currently in our country mm-hmm. do not have a missionary raising up missionaries to be out there on those front lines. Right. And just to see within that training, those people uh, that were that were you know, they've been involved, most of them, in some measure, but to really see them embrace this idea that you're going to be sent out as a missionary. You're not just out there as just an individual doing your thing, and, and you're not a pro-life activist, but you're a missionary. I, I really think I saw some lights come on with them when they right. really understood in that boot camp what we're after, what we're trying to do nationally. Right. So hopefully you guys that are listening, you understand what we're what we're seeking is to have these mission fields covered with a missionary. Yeah. yeah, and you know, just to bring clarity, because I know there there may be some like diehard missiologist who maybe is parsing words that maybe we're just being cute with this language. Yeah. Um, you know, the differentiator again is what you just mentioned about it being biblical and understanding that we don't just train sidewalk missionaries to go out and save babies. They're trained to share the gospel. Yeah. They're equipped to share the hope of Jesus Christ with people. We're we're intersecting because of the reason why they're there. We're intersecting with them because they have been brought to a place in life where they believe that a reasonable solution, their problem is killing their child. But the end goal is not just that the child is saved. It's that people come to know Christ, Yeah, which is the mission of the church. Absolutely. We're commissioned to you know go into all the world, preach the good news, baptize, teach, um, all, all of those things, and that is, in fact, what our sidewalk missionaries are being equipped to do and to equip churches in their area to do as well. And yeah. that's why we're using the language of sidewalk missionary, because it is in line with the Great Commission. Yeah, absolutely, and the discipleship component fits perfectly in with the necessity for these local churches to be involved, and when a mom chooses life, so not just be involved and come out there and pray, that's great, but even within these churches to identify mentors or disciplers that can right. disciple these moms, because that's right. the goal. Again, right. it's not to, I don't want to minimize it, but not to just save a baby, but to disciple that mother. Right. So that ultimately that child, when that child is raised, that child is raised being discipled as well. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, God, by his grace and mercy, is saving moms, babies are being saved, these children are being discipled, and this this message of life is covering the entire United States of right. America. Exactly. And God is glorified through it. That's right. Because that's the ultimate goal. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Well, man, that's that's pretty much where I wanted to go with this. That's pretty much all I wanted to cover. Anything else you want to mention before we wrap this thing up? No, I just, you know, um, I just would encourage folks to check out lovelife.org slash America, um, you know, and share it too. Yeah. You know, share it with people in your network that you know have a burden for this. You've had conversations with them. Uh, I can assure you there are thousands of people in the United States that are praying and looking for something to do around the issue of life um, and um, and something that's far deeper than just political activism. That has a place. I don't want to minimize that. Sure. Um, but for far too long, the church has been waiting for politicians to change culture, which they don't do. They follow culture. Yeah. The church has—it's it, not that just we are to be salt and light. It's actually who we are. That's who right, Jesus yeah. said we are. 
that you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, um, and that is the role that we play, the pillar and buttress of truth in society. Yeah. And we've advocated that. And that's why we're in a lot of the trouble we're in is because we've gotten soft on truth and we're afraid to be controversial and we want to be liked by everybody. And I, I struggle with that just as much as the next guy. Um, but um, we do have the um, unique opportunity to um, fulfill the God-given role that he's already said that we have, that yeah. he's commissioned us to be, salt and light. And uh, shift the culture. And, you know, we have numerous stories that we can share of how that's taking place. Um, But we're not satisfied with, um, you know, just what's taking place in the last four or five years. And for you guys, 10 years, there's still a ton more people that need Jesus. I mean, the reality is we've got in this country 380,000 churches and maybe half of those are Bible preaching churches. You know, some of these we wouldn't even identify as churches. We got at least 150,000, I would say, solid Bible preaching churches mm-hmm. in the United States mm-hmm. of America. Yeah. And 700 abortion, 700 abortion clinics is 700 too many. Right. But when you compare it to how many believers there are, how many pastors there are. Yeah. We we should have these things covered in in no right. time. There should be a there, there should already be a quit, Christian witness there. Yeah. Um. But I'm believing God, and we're looking for. By November of 2021, to have a Christian witness at every abortion center in the United States of America. And we're going to celebrate what God has done, what God is doing. I'm believing God for it. I'm, I know it can happen. Yeah. And so, guys, if you're burdened, you heard Josh talking, you heard, that I means. listen, we're making it simple. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just three simple steps to get involved, and uh, we'll walk you through it, the boot camp. Man, we're, we're making ourselves available to train you guys, to give you just the wisdom. You can learn from a lot of my mistakes. Yeah. Uh, Vicky will be there in the training. We'll have others in there in the training. Justin will be there. Josh is there just speaking about church engagement. Andre that you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. who actually had on a podcast several uh, months ago, will, will help you, equip you to, to engage with the churches, get the churches involved. We want to equip, we want to empower these sidewalk missionaries to be effective in these mission fields. So if you're burdened with that, I'm actually going to put a link in the uh, the description of the podcast so you guys can go to Love Life America and get connected and see the steps there. Um, and you can certainly reach out to me. Uh, for now, my my email address you can reach out is dparks at citiesforlife dot com. It'll be I'll be sharing my my new Love Life email address you with go. you guys uh, coming up in the next couple of podcasts. Um, but you can certainly reach out to me. Uh, please share this podcast. Share like Josh said their uh, live feed there on Facebook. But until next time, God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. But nothing's too precious since I met you.